So I want us to stop and think for a moment as to why I am standing here before you dressed in white, why we are here after 40 days of fasting, plus, you know, a little bit of uh, slightly stricter fasting at the end. Now, obviously, the basic answer is this is the winter Pascha. But what does that mean? Why would we consider this? Why would we celebrate this as a winter Pascha? This is the nativity of Christ, right? This is, this is Christmas. Uh, but we, we celebrate it as a winter Pascha for really important reasons. Because this is the moment at which the timeless one enters into time. And I want us to stop and think about that for a moment. The eternal God, and wait a second, God is eternal. That means he is outside of time. Or if you like, if I, I can do my little air drawings here, uh, you have like all of time is this little tiny line segment. It has a beginning and it has an end uh, or will have an end. Uh, and, and all around this line segment, you have eternity. You have God, uh, which means that God is literally the I am. He is the ever existing one. Every moment of time on that timeline is present to him at all times. So now what happens when the timeless one enters into time itself? What do you have? Well, you have a child who is born to die. He is already, from the divine perspective, the crucified and risen Lord. So this child that is born today is the savior of the world because from the eternal's perspective, he is already the crucified and risen Lord, the salvation of the world, the paschal lamb. We see this as well in John's revelation where John sees uh, the, the, the heavenly realms and he sees the throne and all the elders falling down before the throne and there before the throne it's a lamb looking as if it were, had been slain. This is the eternal reality. Such that as God himself, the timeless one, takes on our human nature, takes on that human experience, he exalts it, he raises it up with himself into glory. So that... that the, he is at one and the same eternal moment, the seed, the newborn child, the one crucified upon the cross, and the risen Lord. This is who the Logos, the Word, the revelation of God is eternally. And what does this mean for us? Well, this means for us that our little time, our little segment of the timeline is one in which, you know, now that we've seen down through the centuries, down through the ages, how much God is involved in time. He's always interfering. He's always meddling. Uh, he's involved in every aspect of our little tiny slice of the timeline, of our personal slice of that timeline. And this is why we can say with the Apostle Paul that 
we know that God is at work in all things, every single thing, for our good. Because all these things that we think of, okay, well, that was a real disaster. That was terrible. I completely failed and messed up there. All of those take on a completely new aspect from the perspective of eternity. If you're looking down at this tiny segment of the timeline from the perspective of eternity, as Lewis says in The Great Divorce, Earth isn't really a very uh, substantial place in and of itself. So it's, it's really leading us to heaven or to the other place. It's all one. And God is at work in every moment of that. So every failure that we have, he uses that if we repent to bring us closer to him. And he redeems that so that evil itself, the ultimate evil itself, the cross, becomes the ultimate symbol of his victory over sin and death, of his eternal triumph that saves us from the power of sin itself. And so we can say again with the Apostle Paul, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? For I am convinced that neither height, nor depth, nor, nor, nor any other created thing, nor famine, or persecution, or tribulation, or sword, nor anything under all of creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is why we do not say today, Christ was born. We say, Christ is born.